Welcome to the Media Navigators podcast, brought to you by the World Media Group. My name is Belinda Barker, and I'm the Chief Executive. Today, we're going to be talking to um, Ali Owen from um, the Brixton Finishing School, or perhaps more accurately, Hoxton United. And we're going to be talking about um, the work that they do um, and the importance of uh, improving diversity within our industry sector. Now, we've we've had a number of podcasts in the past that have, have touched on this issue, but I, I feel that, that we have primarily focused on um, the inclusion of, of women within our sector. Uh, and today we're going to talk really um, more broadly about all the different underrepresented groups um, that we currently have within the advertising and marketing sectors. Um, so I'd like to welcome Ali Owen. Um, are you well today, Ali? I'm very good. Thanks, Belinda. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so back in 2016, um, Ali launched um, Hoxton United. Now, um, I've had a, a quick look at um uh, the, you know, the LinkedIn bio, which everybody looks at. So I'm not going to rattle through that because everyone can look that up themselves. But you you started your your life more on the media sales side, um, Centaur, Guardian, going through and really, I mean, you've done so many fascinating things. <laughs> uh, I saw the how the lights get gets in the festival which sounded fascinating but we're not going to talk about that today um really want to talk more about you know what happened to you that um made you make this kind of life-changing experience in 2016 when you first 2017 when you first stopped started Hoxton United yeah. so thanks so much Melinda so just to give you a bit of uh Clarity, Hoxton United, I set up initially to help fund my dream of setting up a project that initially became Hoxton Finishing School, then morphed into Brixton Finishing School. Uh, So, yeah, it was initially to fund me while I was able to kind of build out this re-blending of our talent pipeline that I dreamt of. Uh, My background at the time when I joined the industry, I didn't realise how different I was Bear in mind, I'm a white, straight woman, so I'm not that different. I'm pretty average. But in the advertising world, it turned out that being from somebody not from a public school background, not being posh or just, um, you know, I live on a council estate, I'm a single parent, those things actually made me very unusual. And certainly throughout my career, I didn't really see a lot of people like me and I experienced elements of classism uh very British classes and I realize this is a world podcast so yes. yeah I am not of the middle or upper classes and yeah that was pointed out to me a lot of times or inferred so when I kind of had done about 25 26 years in the industry I kind of just had enough and I was working at a big media house and they employed a right-wing commentator, a lady called Katie Hopkins. Oh, no, you're joking. I know, yeah. And this was my moment of clarity. 
Can you imagine Katie Hopkins and me? If you make an alkaline and acid, yeah? Yeah. Very different people. Um, so Katie Hopkins, she, um, well, uh, she's been taken off Twitter for saying very unpleasant things about people. She represents, she's very public school. She's, she's, there's a lot of stuff there. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having any of these traits. There is something wrong with being not very nice on Twitter. But for me, I just had a moment of clarity. I was raising a lot of money. I was running a big revenue line into a newspaper group I was working at. And I just thought, do you know what? I'm helping pay her, her salary. We all know, those of you that are listening, and our commercial roles, we are kind of the financial engine, especially of media owners. And it just, I just couldn't sit well with the idea that I was essentially funding somebody who would not support me all the communities I cared about. I uh, have to say just quickly, I, I'm I'm very, very, very delighted that I work for the World World Media Group, who whose members, the journalism of of those brands, it makes me my heart sing with you know their honesty and, and trustworthiness. Mm. Not not all media brands are are uh, I'm not suggesting that at all. <laughs> I'm saying I know you're not. Yeah, I've worked for lots of different media brands, but in this case, I couldn't reconcile yeah. my sense of purpose with their sense of profit. So I decided to step off the merry-go-round and fix a system that I felt unfairly favored people who had a certain set of characteristics. And those characteristics were around race and class and neurotypicality. So, for example, people who weren't, say, uh, on a spectrum or, yeah. So, how were this... you able to fund that? Uh, you know, oh, yeah. are, we all need to pay our mortgages at yeah. the day. And, and everyone agrees that these things need focus. But, I mean, that's yeah. a massive leap ambitious yeah really yep. blending so for me I think one of the things I have is I am bloody minded I think that's a, stubborn is probably a nicer word <laughs> um so initially I funded it by working full-time on Hoxton United and I set up my own in the digital marketing agency and doing this in my part-time and then I actually went around and pitched to people with a logo, which I hate to say, I designed myself on Canva, <laughs> and a story. And amazingly, and my story was, we're going to do a project that finds young talent, transforms that talent, and you're going to help me transform it by helping me teach them Mr. Employer or Mrs. Employer. And then we're going to place that talent back at your, your kind of um, uh, office. That was essentially the model. Find talent. We all help train it, those that are in the collective and then we benefit from the kind of seeds we planted. And I first the first people to sign were McCann London, then Clear Channel, then Visium, then Pretty Green. So we had like a small and brand advance came in. So there was a, a kind of early collective of people that got on board and really took a risk. But in my first year, I only raised, I think it was about £25,000. But we still went ahead with the project. And I was very lucky that people came out the woodwork to offer services in kind. So Mark Lewis, who's the Dean of the School of Communication Arts, said to me, change the name, change your name from Hoxton Finishing School to Brixton Finishing School. And I was like, why? He went, well, I'm based in Brixton and you can have the space in my school for free over the summer. Now, 
going back to the stubbornness, I was like, I don't want to change the name. And then I looked at the rents and spaces in London. And I was like, I will change the name. And it was only three different letters different, Hoxton to Brixton. So Lust the Name was born. Or oh, apparently uh, Lust the Name was born. And then um, out of that, we got space. We got lots of people coming on board as mentors. We got, I hired a small teaching staff with the money. I kind of worked for free. And that's how we got from, through the first year. And do you have, were there any personal emotional supports that, that you had? Who, who was keeping you up there and buoyant despite the lack of money? I was lucky that my friends, like, there were things I were I found really hard. Like, initially, I found um, things like accounting really hard. So they'd actually come and sit with me. They'd come and say, I'll come and sit next to you today, Ali. And they'd come into my little office and sit next to me just to get me through some of the hard bits. That was amazing. And then, actually, I hate to say it, I remortgaged Belinda twice. Oh <laughs> Only small remortgages, because it's amazing how people won't lend you money <sighs> when you don't have any money. When I had my big glamorous jobs, people were throwing, you know, low percentage loans at me. The minute I decided to step off the track, it became challenging. But at the same time, having no money is not a situation I'm not used to. So I think that really helped, you know, coming from a background that wasn't used to having money, was used to working really hard. And I was just very single-minded. I did, um, I just had to sacrifice. I I optimised everything I did. So I couldn't allow myself to have doubt. So we just didn't have doubt no but I would say I probably burnt myself out in those first two years but the first year was a great success we um got 23 I think it was young people through the course we had like pro bono media donations from people like clear channel and brand advance and you know brave shot a campaign for us and we managed to recruit some amazing talent into the course educate them in digital, you know, media and marketing, you know, the ecosystem, professional skills, give them all mentors. And then we got a really high employment rate. I think the first year out of those looking for work, it was a 95% employment, which meant next year we won Britain's best inclusion project. So, yeah, and that meant more funding came. So I think then COVID hit, we lost funding again. And I actually did three months on universal credit last year. Never again. I would not recommend it to anybody. But again, that kept the project going. And then we had some really big uh, investors sign, big by my standards, probably not by media group standards sign. Uh, And we did a crowdfunder as well. And while I was on universal credit, looking at the crowdfunder kept me going because people were putting in £5, £10. It was like votes for us. That's how I looked at it. And it's very hard to have a bad day, even if you're a bit broke, when you know you've got so many people in your corner. I think that's really important. And the process works. I am so, so utterly impressed with you as a person. I would (laughs) never have the cojones to to do that. Um, But let's take a um, quick step back um, for... Uh, uh, audience um could you tell us a little bit about um so you've got three ongoing projects Brixton Finishing School the Ad Academy and 
visible start. Can you just give us, you know, a, a one-line description of, of each of those? Yeah, so Brixton Finishing School happens every summer. People from around London compete for a place through task-based assessments, and it's 10 weeks. It's taught by the best in the industry. And then at the end, those talents are matched with our partners. And then once our partners are matched, we open up that talent pool to the industry. So that's the kind of uh, gold, that's the original product. Then due to COVID, we launched the Academy, which is a nationwide version of Brixton, which is virtual, learning your own pace, lots of live Q&As, all done via the magic of Zoom and also learning on your phone through videos. You will get mentors and that's to overcome location poverty. And also if you're in, say, a working poverty job, which a lot of people are, um, then you can learn around that job and break in that way. Then Visible Star is a project we've done with WPP and the Uninvisibility Project, which is training women, midlife women, to go into paid media roles, so paid media entry-level roles. One in two women over 50 in this country retire with no pension, which is an absolute disaster for them. And also, I think, a disservice as well, massively. So it's all about creating first careers for some, second for others. And last week, we launched Adventure, our fourth product, which is aimed at reaching 100,000 state school 14 to 18-year-olds with key messages around the fact this industry is attainable, it's a profession, especially if you're from a multicultural background, you like your family will be going, doctor, lawyer, accountant. And we obviously want to say, we're here too, come to us, you're amazing, which we're not kind of doing enough now. And obviously there's just loads of people, like one in four graduates um, in a recent survey by the IPA and debut said, you know, there's no money in advertising. The, the visibility outside sort of elite circles of us as a destination is shocking. So we're trying to really rewire that system at all levels and across multiple groups. So we become a destination for all, which means we can have the best talent, which we're not in a position to have at the moment because most talents aren't aware we exist. Well, we, um, we, oh, I personally was lucky enough to do, we did a, a kind of masterclass with, with this year's uh, Brixton Finishing School cohort um, around um, uh, our awards and we got, got them all uh, judging the social good award for for our uh, the world media awards this year and I can't ta- uh, it was just the most amazing experience my god what a super super bright young group of, of, of individuals um fantastic Ideas and what was really interesting was separately we got the the normal um, judging panel to 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 judge the category and they actually came up with exactly the same. So the, oh. the kids who who were it was their first week of the Brixton Finishing School were already you know so smart and absolutely spot on it was brilliant so if anyone out there is listening um and they're looking for new talent it, i think it's too late for everyone who who attended this year they've all been hired think, by uh yeah. you know, other companies but look out for next year it's it's um yeah 
And also people can partner with the academy. The academy is mm-hmm. all year round. Uh, so that's a good top tip as well. So I just think, yeah, if you're if you're wanting to diversify your sources of talent, then we're definitely a good destination for you. And if we don't have enough talent in our pools, we can suggest other people. But we're constantly building out our pipeline to try and engage more and more communities with the fact this is for them. So that was my next question was what what are what do you think the biggest barriers are to to more diverse groups wanting to enter this industry and how um how are you connecting with them in a, in in a way that, that uh, others aren't what can we do better yeah i mean we've got a huge legacy challenge if you i mean from you know i know we you sort of mentioned gender at the beginning and um, we've obviously done a lot to change that but the legacy around social class and race we're a very very white industry there is nothing wrong with being white i am white we just need more balance yeah and because we've not traditionally connected with those groups there's less trust you know parents don't see us as a destination there's less role models there's just less numbers so I think in the way that gender now at the lower tiers you know your entry-level tiers is more well represented we're probably about 15 years off that in the entry-level tiers in terms of class and race and obviously there's still a huge amount of work to do structurally within companies to make them fit destinations Mm. because a lot of these young people or even older people or even just people are going to be pioneers in these spaces from their backgrounds. Um, We do an annual survey of our talents and it's definitely race and class come out again and again as things that young people in our surveys, we only survey 18 to 25s, say will be a problem. It's things like free internships, not being able to take them. Work experience, we all know that that may go to the boss's mate, mate, son. Actually, well, you need a much more um, healthy architecture of inclusion around that. And if you can't, you know, sometimes when you get a CV, it's like doing blind CVs. But It's also things like if you're looking for, oh, look, they've done work experience. That may actually just be an indication of their privilege rather than an indication of their passion or enthusiasm for the subject. And I think for me, the big change is trying to do this adventure product where we're going, you know, further back into the source, if that makes sense, back downstream. And we're trying to say much earlier on in these encounters we're creating between industry experts and schools. In fact, anybody who wants to sign up to go into a school or sign a school up, please let me know. We're trying to sow that seed so we can reap that crop much earlier and then finally I think for me parents of talent you know most parents say if you're of black African descent we'll be looking for you to be a doctor or a dentist you know how do we explain this is just as worthwhile when we don't have the numbers you know it's really hard to see black CEOs I know there are some but there's not enough yeah You know, it's just, you know, and certainly when you look at retention in the industry, all means all the Advertising Association did a survey and I think it was 27% of black talent in the industry was thinking of leaving and 22% of Asian heritage talent. So there is a lot of things to fix before we are fit 
uh, you know, a healthy place. I always say it's like you're a fish tank and you put the wrong water in. <laughs> no wonder the fish are dying off type thing. You've got to make sure you've created the right environment for everybody to thrive. You've come a long way in the four years since you, you <laughs> set up. If, but if you could talk to yourself four years ago, were the, is there anything that you've learned along the way about yeah. setting up something like this? Honestly, I, I look back and it does feel a bit dreamlike at points <laughs> because, and also just so many hours worked. Yeah. I, I mean, look back, I don't think any sane person would have attempted to do something of that scale, but I think that was the blessing. Sometimes you do need to not have thought things through and just go for things. <laughs> I was definitely more of a let's just do it rather than let's think about all the parameters and permutations of this. You know, sometimes it's better just to punch through than it is to wait and plan. But I do think less burnout would have been good. But I'm really, really, I can't be in a more privileged place now when you look at the partners and supporters we've got and the fact and also the fact that young talent views us as a destination for me that's it there's nothing no bigger accolade than having a young person get a role through us and through the training all our industry supporters have kind of funded and done you know that that's the system working it's finally working in a way that is for everybody do you do anything I'm just thinking about uh, some of the smaller businesses w- mm. within our industry, you know, kind of the the the, the small ten person shops, um, who who might be wanting to to be more diverse, but they don't have, um, you know, full time HR. I mean, everyone's yeah. trying to do their own day job. You know, what could do you give? people advice yeah. who, who are in those kind of circumstances? I mean, how, how how can they improve themselves? We've actually got a really good checklist, which was done in conjunction with an alliance we formed, cunningly called The Alliance. <laughs> so um, a group of social impact projects, of which we're one, came together and we're all uh, you know, it's Create Not Hate, Commercial Break, XYZ, Agent Academy Liverpool, and Liberty, etc. all came together and Bricks Finishing School funded some workshops for young people from across those groups uh, to come up with a checklist to help companies of all sizes better understand how to attract. There's five points on attraction and also how to re- retain diverse talent. Um, so I think that's a really good starting point. We can certainly share that with you. Is that available on your website? Our website is being updated. As ah, good okay. websites are, Belinda. Yes. However, you can download that, I think, from our Instagram. And also I can send you a copy to send around. I'll have to check in on exactly where it is. But that, I think- it will be amazing if you if you could, because we will certainly post it on, on our website, which yeah, we definitely. just relaunched last Hooray. month. Well, there you go. go. So we will start promoting that for you. Happily. That would be brilliant. So that's good. And also there's lots and lots of resources that um, the industry has. So, uh, for example, especially with regard to black talent, Brim is a great resource, which is black representation and marketing. 
Um, there's, you know, Creative Equals. There's lots of organisations out there that actually have free resources online. Certainly from our point of view, if you want to diverse your talent pipelines, you can talk about an academy partnership with us. That's kind of our lowest entry level tier for, for kind of permanent partnership for a year. But we also do um, 500 pounds uh, talent pool openings up where basically we'll do a mini campaign for you if you had an entry level role. Okay. Yeah. And you can get involved in mentorship. Our mentorship's open to everybody. And you can get involved in adventure. That's open to everybody. And that's a great way to start spending time with people from different backgrounds. And I think for me, spending, you know, just actually spending quality time with communities that aren't your own mm-hmm. is a brilliant way to sort of short circuit understanding and empathy and actually start thinking about what structural changes. You know, all of us have to be in a process of tr- structural change because the stru- the legacy structures we've got are so damaged. You know, they were built at a time when we were very, well, it's an all-white, all-male system. You know, they're 100, you know, 100 years old. And what's really great is everybody can take a part in dismantling that and making it a much more, you know, healthy a nourishing kind of structure so all talents thrive. So having said that you want, want uh, it, life to be a bit calmer, I mean, you've, you've launched Brixton Finishing School <laughs> Academy, Visible Start, Adventure and Alliance. When we were chatting just before this recording, you were talking about going global. So yeah. you want to share a little bit about that, this in your new calmer, quieter life? Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? I keep going, oh, I'd like a quiet life. And I keep <laughs> knowing I probably wouldn't be happy with it. Yeah, so... I suppose the vision for Brixton has always been it's a a change-making machine and it works because it unites both talent and industry and supporters into part of that change, which means, you know, there's a really good point for us to go globally and really work in partnership and being led by, you know, the talent and people in situ in different countries. So this isn't us. We've got a system that works. Obviously, that system needs to adapt to each country we visit because they've got to lead the change. But ideally, we'd love to go to the States first um, and work with some interesting parties out there, if anybody's listening. Um, And then I suppose from a kind of quite sad point of view, we are relevant wherever there's employment inequity. Mm. And let's face it, there is employment inequity everywhere. (laughs) So, I mean, the world is diverse. That's a fact. But inclusion you know, it's something we have to all work at every day. So, yeah, some really big ambitions. Well, I sincerely hope to the the members of the World Media Group, all being global journalism brands, um, I, I sincerely hope that we will be able to help you in in your global plans. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Um, and... Um, even yes, we'll continue to 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 work with you here here in the UK, um, and I think all, all of us need to look at our our own how we can support you in in your endeavours, but you know our own em- employment practices, um, and I definitely would love it if you could send me the. Um, the, the five things we should be yeah definitely because that will certainly be of, of great help to to um 
me. Thank you. No worries. Um, Ali, um, I really just want to say thank you so much for spending this time with us this morning. And, and I hope that um, we can talk to you again in a year's time and talk I'd about... I'd love that. I'd love to be sat in the States. Place. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And we'll do it from New York. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'd quite, yeah, New York, Washington, anywhere, Detroit, you know, any of the big kind of media centres. Oh, well, hopefully this time next year would have made even more change. And who knows, maybe I'll be sat here with, you know, a couple of my talents who've been placed in jobs in America. That, no. that is brilliant. That would be thank great. you so much, Ali. It was no, thank um, you. Great fun. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. The World Media Group is an alliance of the world. Leading international media organizations that connects brands with highly engaged, influential audiences in the context of trusted and renowned journalism. For further information, please go to our website, world-media-group.com. Thank you.